Hi. How are you? Not too bad in yourself. With all due respect, let's get the small talk. Welcome to Let's Give the Small Talk, a podcast show where we talk about it all, one topic at a time. I'm your host, Tyconis Allison. With that being said, ready, set, stimulate. Let's get the small talk. Thank you, 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 thank you for tuning in to episode 26 of Let's Get the Small Talk. Today is going to be a very special episode, very special, because today I'll be sharing a story with you, a story that blew my mind once I became aware of it, a story I felt compelled to share because it weighed heavy on my heart. It weighed very heavy on my heart. You know, there's an important lesson that we can all learn from this story. But before I blow your mind, let's jump into our first segment. Score. Goal season is here. Goal season is here. You know, three times a week I come on here and I talk to you about effort, consistency, and believing in yourself. And I'm going to continuously give that message because that is what's needed each and every day, in order for you to obtain your goal. If you do not provide effort, if you do not remain consistent, and if you do not have unwavering belief, then everything you hope for will always be a dream. And it will never be a part of your reality. At what point in time do you tell yourself that I no longer want to dream of this? That I want to live this. I want this to be a part of my reality. When you get to that point in life, then you will do whatever it takes to make your dreams and your goals come true. Once again, we are no longer existing. We're no longer doing the bare minimum to get by. We're done with that. We're tired of that. That is only going to get you so far. If you are ready to step out of your comfort zone, if you are ready to prove to yourself that you are ready for the next level, if you are ready to stop the excuses and only provide action, it's time that you go after everything you ever wanted because it's yours. It's already yours. Once you write it down, once you speak it into existence, half of the job is already done. The rest is consistency. The rest is perseverance. The rest is belief. The rest is effort. The rest is up to you and only you. It doesn't matter about your circumstance. It doesn't matter about what's going on in your life right now. We're all going through something. But that's a part of life. That's what makes life. Once again, if it was easy, it would have already been done. 
there is never going to be a convenient time for you. That's just not how it works. Because there's always something going on. There's always something that needs to be done. There's always something that needs to be taken care of. I'm saying all this to say there is no perfect time. There is no perfect time to get started. So once you realize that, why not get started today? Why not get started right now? And if you have started, just know that there's never going to be a perfect day for you to do everything you're supposed to do. We're working overtime. Overtime. Will you catch breaks? Absolutely. But will some days feel like you've worked all 24 hours? Yes. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay if some days you only got two or three hours of sleep. You want to know why? Because you just invested multiple hours into your future. Remember, something's got to give. Unfortunately, something's got to give. Whether it's time on your phone, whether it's time on the video games, whether it's time out with your friends, whether it's time on Netflix, something's got to give. In order to get what you want, you have to do what you have to do. So something's got to go. You got to make time for your goals. If you don't, they will forever be prolonged. So please, if you haven't already, get started. And if you have, keep going. Okay? Keep going. It'll all pay off in the end. It'll all pay off in the end. Keep going. Like your life depends on it. Because it does. If it means that much to you, keep going. You got to be honest with yourself, okay? And for all the goal seekers out there, don't forget to always write down your dreams, your goals, your progress, and your actions. Write it down, okay? Write it down because it holds you accountable. To yourself, which is the most important thing integrity, transparency, authenticity, honesty. Okay? Nobody can give you those things except yourself. Okay? All right. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive in. Like I stated at the top of the episode, I'm going to be sharing a story with you today. And it's a story of a man named Richard Jewell. Okay. Let's go to the year of 1996. Let's go to the city of Atlanta. And once you put those two things together, we are now at the Olympic Games. 1996 in Atlanta, Georgia at the Olympic Games. It's nighttime. There's thousands of people in the crowd rocking out to the band on stage. And there's a security officer, one among many. His name is Richard Jewell, and his job is to protect all of these people. That's his job. That's what he signed up for. 
As Richard is patrolling the grounds, he noticed a group of guys being unruly. So he tells them to move it along. Of course, as you know, alcohol mixed with testosterone, they gave him a little pushback. But eventually, they moved along. But what was left behind was a bag, an olive green bag, about two feet long, three feet wide, just sitting there underneath the bench. And Richard calls out to the guys, 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 your bag. You forgot your bag. And they look at Richard and they they stick their middle fingers up in the air and say, that's not our bag. Then Richard takes a double take at the bag. What do you mean this is not your bag? He says to himself. If it's not your bag, then, then whose is it? Richard immediately gets an eerie feeling inside. You know, that feeling where something just isn't right. So he goes and finds a fellow officer at the Olympic Games. And he tells the officer, hey, there's a bag left over there. There's a suspicious bag left over there. We need to take a look into it. And the officer says, come on, man. We find bags all the time. This is the Olympics. We just put them in a lost and found. But Richard, once again, he has an eerie feeling inside. This isn't just any ordinary bag. This is a bag that needs to be checked out. So he tells the officer, no, 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 no. We need someone to take a look into this bag. So the officer says, all right, if that's what you want to do, Richard, okay, fine. So they call an ATF agent to go take a look at the bag. The ATF agent gets closer. He gets down on the ground. He lays on his stomach. And he uses a pen light to take a peek inside the bag. And it's his worst nightmare. And it's everything he hoped it wouldn't be. His worst nightmare. It was a bomb. A bomb was in the bag. A live ticking bomb. He eases off the ground. And he informs the officer. And Richard, there's a bomb in the bag. We need to get everybody away here as quick as possible, as far away as possible. Immediately, the officers start to push everyone forward. Hey, move ahead. Move ahead. Back away. Back away. As they're trying to get everyone back and away into some sort of safety, time has passed. 13 minutes exactly. And the bomb explodes. And Sharpenau flies everywhere. And as a result, unfortunately, the bomb kills an individual and injures over 100. Then everyone arrives. Law enforcement, EMT, Firefighters, everyone arrives to the scene. A few hours after, Richard is told to go home by his commanding officer. Your job is done. 
Because of Richard following his intuition, many of lives were saved that night. But here's where this story takes an unbelievable turn. A couple days later, Richard Jewell was told to do an interview with the local news channel and to give his account of everything that occurred. Shortly afterward, Richard became a hero. Rightfully so. Once again, if it wasn't for Richard's intuition, many of lives may have been lost. But Richard's 15 seconds of fame was soon soured. See, in the past, Richard worked at Piedmont College. While he was there working as a campus police officer, he got into many disagreements with the president from Piedmont College. The president, Dr. Cleary, felt like Richard was overzealous. He felt like he was always looking for something. He quote-unquote described Richard as a badge-wearing zealot who would write epic police reports for minor infractions. Eventually, Richard was let go by Piedmont College. But it was the president from Piedmont College who reached out to the FBI tip line and expressed his concerns about Richard Jewell. And here's where things go south for Richard. You have to take into account everything that just occurred. This is the Olympic Games. This is the biggest sporting event in the world, on the world stage, and a bomb explosion has occurred. Alice Hawthorne lost her life that night, and over a hundred people were injured. So as you can imagine, the city is in a panic, and the FBI has to do everything they can do to find out who planted the bomb. In order to reassure safety, they need a suspect. So after speaking to the president of Piedmont College, Dr. Cleary, the FBI began to take a look into Richard Jewell. And they concluded that Richard fit the profile of a hero bomber. In so many words, in their eyes, Richard was a failed law enforcement officer who planted the bomb so that he could discover it and play the hero. Mind you, the FBI only drew that conclusion after their lone conversation with Dr. Cleary. Remember, Dr. Cleary was Richard's previous employer who wasn't very fond of him. So the FBI, who's underneath an immense amount of pressure to find out who committed this crime on the world stage, they begin to look at Richard. And so they ask Richard to come in because they know Richard is very fond of law enforcement. They know that that's what Richard wants to do, so they play to that. They ask Richard, hey, Richard, can you help us with a training video? Can you tell us uh, what to do about a bomb and how would you plan a bomb? And Because they knew Richard had previous ATF training. So they was using this to their advantage. And then Richard began to feel a little bit uneasy during this quote-unquote training video. And his lawyer intervened, thankfully. But it wasn't soon enough. 
because the FBI, in an attempt to restore peace of mind in the city, they leaked Richard Jewell's name to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution as a suspect they were looking into. And so the Atlanta Journal-Constitution prints a headline about Richard Jewell, the same hero, is now a suspect for planting the bomb himself. And that's where everything went awry. Because once the Atlanta Journal-Constitution wrote that headline, every other newspaper in the country followed. Everyone you could think of was now speaking on the guy they just praised as a hero. They now criticized him, ridiculed him, vilified him as the villain that they believed he was. For the next 88 days, Richard Jewell had to deal with reporters and journalists outside of his home, trying to snap a picture of him every time he opened up his shade, trying to get him to speak every time he walked to his car, to the point where he was quartered in his own home. He wouldn't leave. The few times he did leave, he got beat up by somebody. The few times he did leave, he got a bunch of stares and a bunch of hate speech. The few times he did leave, he was always trailed by the FBI. Richard's world was flipped upside down. The whole time, the FBI did not arrest him. The whole time, they did not charge him. The whole time, he was not convicted. Richard Jewell was on trial by the media. The media painted the picture of him as being guilty. And it reflected in every way of his life. Where for the next three months, he fought. He fought to prove his innocence. And it was very difficult. However, he finally caught a break. Because the bombings continued. Outside an abortion clinic. Which ended up killing a police officer. And wounding a nurse very badly. And the people that was working on the case began to see a pattern in the bombs that was very similar to the one that was at Centennial Park at the 1996 Olympic Games. And so some ATF agents believed that the same person that planted that bomb has been planting these bombs. And it couldn't have been Richard Jewell because Richard Jewell has been once again, quartered in his own home. The FBI refused to acknowledge that it was someone else. In fact, they said, no, Richard Jewell was just the lone bomber of the 1996 Olympic Games. The other bombings that we're dealing with are from a completely separate bomber until it was proven otherwise that they were dealing with the same person. The one and only Eric Rudolph. And once the FBI confirmed that, the only thing they said on Richard's behalf was, we regret leaking Richard's name to the press. They never apologized for ruining Richard Jewell's life. And all of the newspaper and all of, and all of the media outlets were now on hinge because Richard Jewell set out to sue each and every one of them. 
and he was very successful. He settled out of court with many of them for undisclosed amounts of money. Except for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, they refused to admit that they were wrong. Because in the newspaper business, all you have is your reputation. And because they was the first paper to report that Richard Jewell was the suspect of the bombing, if they were to admit wrongdoing, then that very well could have hurt their newspaper in ways they couldn't have imagined. Richard Jewell's life eventually turned around. When people saw him, they began to give him a hand clap and praise like the hero that he was. He eventually got a job at a small town police department. And even though things begin to turn around, the sad part about it is there are still some people who will always remember Richard Jewell as being the bomber of the 1996 Olympic Games. Even though Eric Rudolph pled guilty to it, some people will just remember the first headlines. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Don't believe everything you read. Imagine if that was you. Imagine if somebody told a terrible lie on you and it haunted you for the rest of your life. How would you feel? How would you feel if your legacy was stained with false information? You know, like Charlemagne the God says, people don't care about the truth when the lie is much more entertaining. That was the case for Richard Jewell. The fact that the hero very well may have been the villain all along was a hell of a story, which is why everybody in the country ran with it. Because it was unbelievable. It has happened before. There has been people out there who planted bombs and then called the police just in time and state that they found a bomb. It has happened before. But that wasn't the case with Richard Jewell. Once again, it's all about what sells newspapers. And it was all about what made the FBI look good in the moment. Even though it backfired on them. I say all that to say this, guys. It is nothing wrong with thinking for yourself. It is nothing wrong with having an independent thought. Just because it's written in black and white doesn't mean it's true. All of those newspaper outlets were wrong. Those late night TV personalities were wrong. Hell, the FBI was wrong. And now in the day and age that we living in with social media, everything on there isn't true either. It's okay to form your own opinion and have your own thought. When a story breaks loose, don't feel compelled to choose a side. Unless you have all the facts. But just because somebody said something doesn't make it true. It doesn't matter who it is. Only you, only you can come to that conclusion of what you believe is true and what you believe is false. Just follow your own intuition. That's all I ask. You don't know who has ulterior motives. You don't know who has an agenda. You never know. So just make your own opinion after drawing your own conclusions. That's all I ask. Because groupthink 
Groupthink is a problem itself. So my advice to you is steer clear, trust your own judgment, and listen to your intuition. Okay? With that being said, let's jump into our next segment. Have a treat. Remember, each and every episode, I'll be recommending something to do, something to read, and something to watch. In this episode, what I recommend that you watch is the movie titled Richard Jewell. It was created by Clint Eastwood. This movie came out in 2019, has many notable actors in it, and the movie portrays the life of Richard Jewell during this incident. So you could watch the movie titled Richard Jewell, or if you haven't already, remember I recommended a TV show about Richard Jewell a couple episodes ago titled Manhunt Deadly Games. That's on Netflix, and that is a great series as well. So you can either watch a movie or you can watch a 10-part TV series about this story that I just spoke about today. You can see it in live action. And if you don't want to watch those and you want to read a book, there's actually a book about this as well. The book is titled The Suspect, An Olympic Bombing, the FBI, the Media, and Richard Jewell, The Man Caught in the Middle. So that's available as well. Once again, you can either watch a movie on this, you can watch a television series on this, or you can read a book on this. You have multiple options. I highly encourage you to check the story out. It is, it's alarming. I won't lie. The part that was alarming to me the most is the fact that the FBI would not apologize. They would not apologize for ruining Richard Jewell's life. But I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because the government hardly ever admits their wrongdoing. Hardly ever. Okay, now for something to do. What I recommend that you do is give out three compliments, whether it's to family members, strangers, coworkers, or your neighbors. Just give out three compliments. Make someone's day. A compliment, as we all know, goes a long way. Okay, before you leave, I want to leave you with this quote. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Thank you.